Yeah, the Buddha was not only unsurpassable trainer of trainable people, but also a poet, one could say. He many thousand verses from the Buddha and great disciples of the Buddha as well that have been transmitted to us in the discourses of the Buddha. Yes, one of the collections which contains mostly poetry of the Buddha is the Sutta Nipata. And I thought that today I talk about one of these poems from the Sutta Nipata, actually the first one of the whole collection. It's called the, the Serpent, the Snake. Is this the correct pronunciation, Serpent? Correct? Okay, good. Yeah. Wasn't sure because you never hear you never hear this word, so not sure I only read it on paper. So <laughs> okay. Yeah, so short seventeen verse poem and the refrain or the the line that, the lines that make up the rhythm. Um there, the translation is um, that monk gives up the here and the beyond as a serpent sheds, it, sheds its old worn out skin. So the bhikkhu, the monk, they give, gives up the here and the beyond like a snake abandons the old worn out skin. Yeah, the monk gets compared with the snake is one who abandons different defilements, unbeneficial mind states, or deluded ways of seeing the world. And by doing that, he, as a result, he attains the goal, the going beyond the here and going, giving up the here and the beyond. And so, just an example, um, the, like the first verse goes, one who, one who removes the anger that has arisen, as one removes with herbs a snake's spreading venom. That monk gives up the here and the beyond, as a serpent sheds its old worn-out skin. Or like a few, maybe three or four. One who has neither run too far nor run back, having known about the world, all this is unreal. That monk gives up the here and the beyond, as a serpent sheds its old worn-out skin. One who has neither run too far nor run back, free from desire, knowing all this is unreal. That monk gives up the here and the beyond, as a serpent sheds its old worn-out skin. Having abandoned the five hindrances, untroubled, crossed over perplexity, free from darts, that monk gives up the here and the beyond, as the serpent sheds its old worn-out skin. So each of the verses talks about a double act of relinquishment, of abandoning. Yeah. Both of them are compared to the snake shedding its old skin. The one is the giving up the 
specific defilement. And then the second is the giving up the here and the beyond. So one could say the verses are explanation of the second and the third noble truth of the Buddha. Um, yeah, the giving up the defilements or the deluded ways of seeing the world. Like the, the defilements, deluded ways of seeing the world would be the second noble truth, the origin of suffering. And then the relinquishment, the giving up would be the third noble truth. And then the result, the result of that is an experience of inner liberation in the present. And also then a liberation from the round of rebirth, from further becoming, from further existence. So one could say the, these verses are uh, a poem about um, contemplating relinquishment. Sometimes, let's say for example in the discourse of mindfulness of breathing, the Buddha, in one of these instructions, practicing mindfulness of breathing, breathing in, breathing out, contemplating relinquishment, abandoning, letting go. And so one could say these verses would be a explanation on, on that. Yeah, sometimes we chant it here, and for example, on Saturday morning, chanting the Anapanasati Sutta, and then we chant Patinisagano Pasi, Asasisamiti Sikati. We breathe in and out, contemplating relinquishment. Yeah, so giving up defilements, unbeneficial mind states, deluded ways of seeing things, like a snake shedding its old worn-out skin, and giving up the here and the beyond, like a snake shedding its old worn-out skin. And usually, say the, the tendency is the opposite. When we, when we have a usually a considerable sense of identity around our habits or tendencies or defilements, having a, basically a story constructed, how our mind or our character is, how it was in the past, that we know we were this kind of person and we are usually acting in this way. And, um, and also how it is now, what kind of person are we now, we have some impression what kind of person we are, um, what's, how defiled or how pure mind is maybe, some impression, ideas about that. And usually we don't see, see our defilements are something that we just leave behind like a snake or old worn-out skin, and that we carry our memories and associations that we have about it with us. We have some memory, memory and associations what our past defilements were and how we were in the past. And then we sort of elaborate on, on that. We don't just sort of leave it behind. Like the snake, the skin. <laughs> Yeah, 
in the sense also of what kind it is what, what kind of person we are or what we are capable of. And by doing that we limit ourselves. Because around whatever we build our identity, our sense of identity, that is basically limiting limiting us. And we are measured or reckoned with regard to that. It's a nice little discourse where the Buddha the, someone asks the Buddha among us asked asked ask the Buddha. It's it said a being, a being. How is one called a being? <laughs> and the Buddha says one is one is stuck. One is stuck or attached to form and feeling and so on, or mental formations. And then one is called a being. If we so basically if we say if we are stuck or cling to our mental our mind states, then we become that. That is what we have the sense of identity around it. This is uh, the Buddha becoming impression. We have this impression we are that mind state. But if we think about it, for example, let's say someone is angry and then a few hours later the same person is they were choking with someone, then where is this angry person? When it's just a some mind state that has disappeared now. And uh, this if this story about an angry person. Yeah, to leave behind defilements like a old like a snake of old worn out skin. We have to look at the mind in terms of origination, in terms of causality. Rather than in terms of who or what we are. And um And if we develop mindfulness, we can see when is a certain mind state present, when is it not present. Then at least sometimes we can observe what kind of mental action, what kind of mental act, action gives gives rise to this mind state. How is it maintained? And if we feel, for example, if we feel sad or if we feel angry, what mental action actually maintains this mind state? And then also understanding that how can it be abandoned? For example, let's say we start, and if, for example, if we have doubt, usually we Absorbed in this question of 
say whatever we're doubting about. And rather than that, for example, how do I think that this doubt is arising? Like how, what type of thinking led to this doubt? And what, what am I thinking about? How, how am I thinking so that this doubt gets stronger? And looking, or what kind of thinking actually is the banning of this doubt? So looking, looking at the mind in this way. And the same with identity views, with the views of what kind of person we are. And how, how do I think? How to what do I direct the mind? What kind of mental action gives rise to them? How do they get, get the more strong? How do they get more convincing? Observing what mental actions lead to more to occur to more disturbance in the mind, in which mental actions lead to more peace in the mind. Looking at the mind in these terms rather than who am I or what, what am I, what kind of person am I? Which action leads to more disturbance, more stress, more suffering, and which mental action leads to the cessation of that, to more peace. And if we look at the mind in this way, we also see more and more clearly that the minds and the mental objects are something separate. It's one of the teaching that, yeah, one of the main teachings to from Ajahn Man to Ajahn Chah, and then also, um, yeah, for example, Ajahn Dan, with whom I stayed, he repeats this often like a meditation mantra in his Dhamma talks, that the the mind is one thing and the mental states are one thing and the, the, they are sep some separate, something separate and the, the mental states or the different emotions um, there are thoughts, images that arise or something separate from the mind they are subject to origination and cessation And so we, if we give up various unbeneficial mind states like a snake, an old, worn-out skin, that also gives another nice simile. He says one of the similes that he gives for abandoning the five hindrances, someone is in, is in prison and then at some point he gets released from prison and he doesn't have, doesn't have any loss of wealth. So usually, um, so 
basically it's not that we are then forever say permanently damaged that our heart or mind is permanently damaged by these five hindrances then once we're out then like we're out it's it's not like um that we have left it behind it's also nice to remember that when we maybe some point let's say if your practice is declining sometimes to remember when you put in the effort and the mind is bright again or these obstructions have been abandoned then that's similar like when you get out of prison and then you have don't have any loss of wealth like the mind is not like permanently damaged but then once it's abandoned then it's, it's disappeared at least for the time Yeah, so in this way, we could say you know, if, if we if we don't see the different mind states, different um, images that appear in the mind ourself, then we can leave them behind like a serpent's its old worn-out skin. So the Buddha compares abandoning defilements to a snake shedding its old worn-out skin. So at the end, what will be left in the end? <laughs> um, <laughs> when you, <laughs> when you, what when, what will be left when all the worn, when all this old worn-out snake skin in your mind has been left behind? Then. What will be left is the great powerful snake, the king cobra, <laughs> the great naga, the simile for the arahant, the, the unshakable liberation. So if one, one gives up, if one gives up that which is decaying, then at the end, this unshakable peace will become more and more apparent. Yeah, so when we give up what is decaying and non-self and, and worthless like an old worn-out snake skin <laughs> and then because of that the noble truth of cessation of Nibbana of liberation will become more apparent in the heart and this stability and uh, further the abandoning the greater the peace Second aspect of simile is not only the abandoning of the, of the defilements, but also, and this also says, the monk gives up the here and the beyond, like a serpent sheds its old worn-out skin. And the, so not only the various unbeneficial mind states abandoned but also the here and the beyond that can either mean this existence and future existence or for example the the sense realm and the realms 
beyond that, Brahma realm and the formless realms. And so the interestingly the Buddha compares existence, the entire universe, with an old worn out snake skin. Um, that we leave behind with our Dharma practice. Yeah, just if, if you remember this one verse, it's two verses that are read. One who has neither run too far nor run back, having known about the world, all this is unreal. That one gives up the here and the beyond, as a serpent sheds its old worn-out skin. One who has neither run too far nor run back, free from desire, knowing all this is unreal. That one gives up the here and the beyond, as a serpent sheds its old worn-out skin. Yeah, the Buddha sometimes talks about the origin of the world, the origin of the cosmos. And he says that ultimately the, the origin of the world of the, the world or the experience or experience is not created by some external power, but by like the basically the the force or the power that um, keeps samsara and the conditioned existence going is ignorance and craving. These are the forces which are responsible for origination. It's not like an external force, like some god or some the mysterious fate or something like that. So this is basically these are the forces which construct and keep continuing constructing the, the five candles, the five aggregates, and the six sense spaces. The, the five uh, the six sense spaces like the the ability to see and the forms and the other five senses and then also the mind and the mental objects. And so the six sense spaces, the six sense spheres, this is what the Buddha calls the all. The, this is the of the, the cosmos. So yeah, in, in some suttas, for example, on Majmanikaya 57, the Buddha describes how we, that if we, when someone does afflictive bodily actions, afflictive verbal actions, afflictive mental actions, in the sense of karma, like bodily, verbal and mental actions, and then having generated these actions, then he reappears in an afflictive world. And then having reappeared there, he has an afflictive sense experience. And also the other way around, that someone does unafflictive bodily, verbal and mental actions and then as a result he reappears in an unafflictive world. The Buddha is referring to a future existence. But um, yeah, so basically 
actions the karma generate a corresponding experience, a corresponding existence, or a corresponding universe as a result then over on the long term. And so once ignorance and craving in the cycle of action result has been abandoned, then also that will be the end of the universe, the, the end of the cosmos of samsara, which is also then the cessation of, of suffering. And uh, what will be left when the here and the beyond, the all has been left behind like an old worn-out snakeskin, It's from Watch America 140. His deliverance, being founded upon truth, is unshakable. For that is false because, which has a deceptive nature, and that is true with an, which has an undeceptive nature, Nibbana. So that which is of deceptive nature, which are the five khandas and the six sense fears, that is the all. And then when this, this all ceases, then that which is true and of undeceptive nature remains. For this is the supreme noble truth, namely Nibbana, which has an undeceptive nature. by gradually leaving behind various unbeneficial mind states, like an old worn-out snakeskin. We can gradually experience more and more peace in our own heart, and then also gradually leave behind the here and the beyond. Yeah, so at least for, yeah, for myself, in practical terms, I just like this image of the that one leaving behind mind states like an old worn out skin. Yeah, it's a nice simile for not creating an identity out of whatever happened in one's own mind. But um, that one, whatever mind states arises depending on what it is, either developing or abandoning and practices, practices for that. Whatever, some defilement came up in the morning and then you're still worrying or thinking about it hours later or something like that. And then rather than doing that, sort of giving giving it up, leaving it behind like an old worn out snake skin. <laughs>